we actually had a lot of opportunity to engage in service here at Friends. I think just understanding, you know, being able to have that background early on, you know, mindset as far as like being of value to the, the people around you and kind of going into an environment with the perspective of what can I give rather than how can I benefit um, has certainly been something that was instilled in me throughout my experience here at Friends. And as I think it's been a mentality that's helped me a lot uh, in college as well. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Quaker Matters podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by Craig Littleton, Wilmington Friends School, class of 2020, and current senior at Susquehanna University. Craig, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Before we dive into all that you are doing at Susquehanna University, I wanted to talk a little bit about your friend's experience. So could you first just tell our audience when you were first introduced to Wilmington Friends School as a student? Sure. So I'm a 2020 graduate. So I think the last half of my senior year was a little bit, you know, derailed a little bit. Uh, I think everybody would say that. But I actually came into Friends before then, uh, way back in sixth grade. I remember uh, I kind of like went around to a lot of the schools to figure out what, what would work for me. And I think, as you know, Friends is a thing where they have prospective students come in and, you know, spend a day. That experience was just amazing for me. Uh, thinking back to when I was like, I think 12 years old, um, I knew immediately that this was kind of where I wanted to be. Um, and luckily, it's kind of turned out to be one of the, the better decisions. Was there, and I know asking you to reflect eight years ago, nine years ago to 12-year-old Craig, but was there a specific moment that you can remember that sort of stands out as like, yes, I know that this is the place for me? No, I, I mean, I remember it vividly. Um, I So interestingly, when I came in, a few of my friends who uh, I went to elementary school with, they were older than me, but they were actually already here. So just having that familiarity, I think, was something that drove it home. Uh, I know the person, Malik, that uh, was my chaperone for the day. I, I knew him from, like, years prior to that. Um, and then I think one of the things that we did that day was, like, gym class or something. Um, I remember Mr. Kittle. He was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, can I, can I wrestle? He's just like kid no <laughs> but uh yeah no I, I think that experience was just great for me um and like I said I mean it, I'm happy that it all worked out and I was able to get through the, the application process because I think as we'll you know probably get into you know starting that friends and going through high school has definitely been you know an experience that I think has kind of shaped uh, a lot of the success and experiences I've had now as a recent graduate but still being you know away and, and gone from this place for the last three years having graduated in 2020 in what ways might you still feel connected to Wilmington Friends School? Yeah, uh, I think one thing that comes to mind is definitely through um, athletics. I think one of the great things about um, Friends that has carried over into some uh, other experiences um, into college has been just that sense of community um, and, you know, being a steward and, and being of service to the people around you. Specifically to Friends Athletics, um, a lot of the coaches that I had, um, I'm still in contact with now. Um, I know specifically to football, Coach T, Coach Harmon, Coach Kepner, uh, they all keep up with me. And I know, you know, that means a lot just understanding how busy those guys are, even outside of, you know, coaching friends, uh, which continues to be successful. And then, you know, also Coach Corey, um, and then, uh, you know, previous friends football coach, Coach uh, Coach Wood, those guys actually went out of their way 
to you know continue to train with me uh, and my old teammate Denzel, which has definitely been something that's helped us helped us you know prepare for you know seasons in college. So as far as feeling connected to, to friends, you know I you know definitely keep a, a close relationship with you know the, the athletics department here. And also, you know, it's always great seeing some of our old teachers when we come back to work out. In, in reflecting on your time, who really was the most influential teacher, coach here for you that really helped you grow and develop? And uh, as I spoke with Denzel last week, he, because he didn't want to get in trouble, uh, so I had him name one teacher and one coach. So if you want to give one teacher and one coach, uh, that's okay, too. I mean, I have to name a few. Um, I think... Dating back again to, to you know being in, in middle school here, um, I think just overall uh, Ken Aldridge, our, our head of school here, um, just seeing him as a, a African American male um, is definitely was something that was just amazing to see uh, through my development. Um, and then as far as teachers are concerned, Miss Puritz, um, I think she grad she uh, retired uh, like some time ago, but she was a great impact. Miss Butterfield and Miss Gaines. Um, I know me and Dizelle gave him a hard time all the time, um, especially we would actually be in the uh, the the musicals a lot, uh, which is hilarious now that I think about it. But, you know, they, they were a good impact. And then in high school, Coach Mort, uh, being a history teacher, um, was always making me think. Um, Coach Rashkin, interesting. So in college, I obviously had the, the, the crypto stuff, but I actually made a club here, <laughs> a comedy club. <laughs> With Rashkin, um, and he was just a star of the whole thing. But um, yeah, uh, so many names to bring up. And then even besides, you know, just teachers, faculty-wise, uh, I think the the maintenance people, uh, as far as like Coach Carbone and then you know Ben Congo, all of those guys were supportive and actually gave me, I think Denzel probably too. But uh, I know my job here, you know, helping them out with maintenance was my first job in general. So yeah, just just so many great people here, our friends that you know definitely were pivotal early on. Thinking along those same lines of the many influential people that impacted you positively here, I guess like in your own words, how did Wilmington Friends help you grow as not only a student, but as a person, as an athlete? Yeah, so um, I think some of the values are, that are instilled in the students here are things that translate well, you know, well beyond college, just in life in general. Um, as I mentioned before, certain principles such as you know, being a steward, you know, community service to the people around you um, was definitely something that I experienced throughout my time at Friends. Um, I know apart from, you know, the the flashy stuff like football and, you know, uh, academics and stuff, we actually had a lot of opportunities to engage in service here at, a, at, a, at Friends. I think just understanding, you know, being able to have that background early on, um, you know, mindset as far as like being of value to the, the people around you and kind of going into an environment and f- with the perspective of what can I give rather than how can I benefit. Um, it's certainly been something that was instilled in me throughout my experience here at Friends. And as I think it's been a mentality that's helped me a lot uh, in college as well. Transitioning exactly to where I wanted to go college, you are at Susquehanna University, a rising senior, and you have done a lot of really great work surrounding cryptocurrency. So if you could just first tell our audience what is cryptocurrency and second, why and how did you become interested in crypto? Sure. So crypto is funny because I actually have like a like a like two different versions of answer. I have like a like a 30 second answer and then like a 30 minute answer. Crypto I'd say is 
internet money, uh, money that you know is, is designed to be accessible to everybody uh, who has access to the internet. Um, I think more importantly, understanding crypto is the underlying technology, which is the blockchain, uh, which can essentially just be um, understood as a, a big Excel spreadsheet that everybody has access to. Um, not one person just has you know, complete control over, um, but because of that, uh, is able to you know facilitate transactions in a way that is you know faster, often cheaper. Um, and is you know definitely you know of value because it, it, it specifically just the finance uh, brings financial services to areas of the world that are you know often underbanked. So um, I think the the way I got into it was actually my sophomore year. I think that would be like November 2021 ish. Um, and if you can think back to that time, it's like like the, the craze was like nfts and you know logan paul and you know all your favorite rappers and athletes were coming out with an nft or something and uh you know i'm like what is this stuff right so i tried my hand at doing the nft stuff and failed miserably um that's why i will say nothing that i say right now or going forward is financial advice <laughs> but um yeah so I, I i lost and you know uh, the the main motivator early on was just to you know, how do I get this stuff back? So from that point, I just went into really understanding, uh, you know, how all of it worked, how it worked from a technical perspective. Um, since at the time I was, you know, going into transitioning into a computer science major. And then, yeah, at the, t at the time, our, our uh, Susquehanna didn't really have any resources to kind of aid students in learning about this stuff on a regular basis, at least as much as, you know, other bigger schools had. So um, at that point, th this was like winter break. I had already spent like an absurd amount of time like looking into this stuff. So I was like, yeah, like how can I set this up to, to be able to continue to do this when I get back to school? So um, yeah, that, that spring I spent the whole time building out the club and, and I guess the rest is kind of history. So after you spend winter break really studying the crypto world, putting your own money into NFTs, successes, failures, etc., you then want to bring this to Susquehanna. So I, I guess I'm curious if you could explain for our audience, how did you make this a reality of starting Susquehanna blockchain, creating the club Crypto Hawks, and yeah, just the elevator pitch almost of what went into this process? Uh, again, kind of touching on um, some of those aspects of community that I you know, spoke about earlier that I got from being here at Friends. Um, the first thing was realizing, you know, there's stuff, this stuff is already working at other schools. How exactly are they doing it? So one of my first, uh, you know, steps was to reach out to other schools. I think uh, over a time of, you know, being with the club, uh, we've gotten pretty close with, I think, Syracuse, uh, BU, uh, uh, Boston University, um, and then a few people at, at Northeastern. Basically, all these, all these big schools have, you know, blockchain clubs or departments, um, which kind of just speaks to the value of this stuff, right? But from there, um, I remember a lot of the, the earlier conversations that I had was uh, with my coach, um, who then recommended I speak to the business school dean, um, who's now one of our uh, advisors for the club, along with you know four other finance and computer science professors. And then, uh, interestingly, uh, having the chance to kind of be become close with uh, administration as far as finding resources to help students learn about this stuff um, and then being able to broadcast it on a, on a bigger scale to, to show prospective students 
uh, who are interested in SU or you know Susquehanna, you know the the opportunities there are for students to learn more about emerging technologies such as blockchain and crypto. But then at, at the ground level, after you know speaking to all those people, um, another great experience has been interacting with students. Um, so with the Blockchain Club, we have I think twelve students on our leadership group. Um, and they're all spread throughout, uh, you know, marketing majors, business majors. It's a you know super well-rounded group. Um, and then you know having you know, the support of those guys and girls, and being able to, to you know build that foundation and, and culture of you know kind of hard work, you know just passion around these topics. We've been able to, to grow the club to you know 60 plus members in around I think a year and a half. And then it's also been pretty cool to see how how the you know community at Susquehanna has all also supported us in that as far as, you know, featuring it in the school magazine. And then we also had a segment on Amazon Prime's uh, The College Tour, uh, to which we were also uh, featured on that as well. So it's definitely been a, a cool experience to see grow um, from, you know, a little idea that started from uh, losing money on pictures. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's such a great point because, you know, like it goes from this investment winter not necessarily going well, you learning more and then bringing this to campus. So I'm curious... In, in the 18 months since you've created Susquehanna Blockchain, what were your goals initially? And then if you could also explain to our audience maybe a little bit, like how have those evolved knowing that you've had so much success and as you just mentioned, you have over 60 members of the community actively engaged? Yeah, so I think that's a, a great question. Um, and I think it's something that I'd spent a lot of time thinking about early on. I think going in, I think the way that most clubs at universities and just in general the way they you know start is by you know a group of people who are you know interested in the topic coming around you know a, a table and you know maybe just talking about it uh, casually here and there but i understood early on that you know there's a lot of jobs and, and money uh that is associated with these you know understanding these topics i think one of the things that I've been able to benefit from the club with is, you know, obviously transitioning into my internship now. Um, and before then, you know, having the opportunity to be considered by other, you know, pretty notable uh, technology and finance companies. And luckily, that's also been the, the case for a lot of our members as well, who have been able to leverage the club for, you know, professional opportunities and internships. But early on, that's really what I wanted it to be. I didn't want it to just be a group of students coming around and talking about, uh, you know, crypto and stuff. I wanted it to be something wet that was not only educating students through, you know, various uh, events and, and workshops, which has been something we've do, we've done a lot. Um, I think we we've hosted something like fifteen or, or twenty workshops and guest speakers, uh, all with you know notable companies such as uh, Coinbase, Binance, Algorand, uh, this one uh, analytics crypto company called Masari. But also another strong branch and output of our club is student research. So understanding that, you know, Susquehanna, um, we have a lot of, you know, super cool departments, um, but one of our main draws is our business school, uh, which is, has a, it escapes me the name of the accreditation right now, but it's something that only like 5% of business schools globally have. So understanding that a lot of our members are business students who are looking to go into, you know, finance and business careers, the, you know, having a, a, an outlet or a platform for students to write articles related to, to finance and innovative technology uh, was definitely something that we've focused on uh, and have built out. This past semester, we released something like uh, like a dozen uh, articles, which has you know, helped out a lot uh, as far as like our research team. Uh, one of them 
Clint Rao. He's uh, our vice president of our club. He actually had the opportunity to study abroad in Cyprus. Uh, Cyprus has like a, I think like a top like blockchain uh, master's degree program. Um, and over there he had an internship. Um, and then we also have you know, our treasurer, Liam, who's also interning at a big bank here in the U.S. And there's multiple other stories of, of you know, people in our leadership and, you know, our general members who have been able to benefit from the club professionally. But yeah, ultimately, I, I think our goals uh, from the beginning and up till now um, have been successfully, you know, being able to provide professional development for students. I think going forward, we'll just continue to do that um, and, and look to, you know, see what other ways we can provide opportunities for students and, you know, continue to edu- educate uh, the Susquehanna community about this stuff. You mentioned there the 15 to 20 presentations, the multiple internship opportunities that members have received. In your own words, why has this venture been so successful? Yeah, I mean, I think one aspect of it is it's honestly just been a blessing. Um, I think uh, that we haven't really encountered much resistance uh, from, you know, internally or externally, honestly. I think one of the things that might, that, that I'm known to be true about, you know, certain things uh, related to crypto and blockchain that have gotten started at other schools is that there's a level of um, bureaucracy in a way that occurs when students kind of try to get stuff off the ground. But Susquehanna, that hasn't been the case at all. Uh, as I mentioned before, a lot of my early discussions were with administrators uh, about f- figuring out what the best way is to, to build this out so that it not only benefits students internally, but um, can also attract new students. And then I, I think, again, just harping on the, the hard work of our leadership team, um, and those 12 people that I mentioned before, it, it certainly hasn't been just me. You know, those people, th- this last year and a half has been fun, but, you know, also uh, to an extent pretty rigorous. Um, you know, I, I asked them to, to, you know, be committed to, you know, the stuff that we're building out. And, you know, through their commitment and passion and, I guess, belief in, I guess, my leadership, uh, we've been able to be successful. But yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of what it comes down to, just the, the community the unique supportive community that is Susquehanna, and then just those, you know, our, our leadership and our members who, uh, you know, have gravitated and, and really engaged in, you know, what we've been trying to, to build. What's been the most rewarding part of the process for you? Really what puts a smile on my face is seeing the internships and the success stories of, of our members. Um, I think uh, it's one thing to benefit uh, personally. Um, I know being associated with the club, I've been able to to get a few like awards. Um, but I think one of the the proudest rewards I, I've you know received for it is um, organization of, of the year at Susquehanna. Um, and I think just just mainly because that really encapsulates all of it. Not only celebrates myself, but also everybody who's a part of it. All the faculty who have. Um, you know, taking time out of, you know, their days and, and schedules to support it. Yeah, I, I think just seeing how it's benefited other people and how it's benefited our, our community at SU has, uh, has definitely been the most rewarding thing possible. Um, I think as I transition into my senior year, um, one thing that I'm definitely focused on, you know, setting up is the best way for it to, to you know, stay established and continue to, you know, benefit students and, and faculty uh, as the years go by. This past spring... You were the recipient of three very distinct awards at Susquehanna's annual Atlas Leadership Ceremony. You received Junior of the Year, Leadership in Athletics, and Organization of the Year. 
having some time to reflect on all of this, what are you most proud of? So yeah, the organization of the year was pretty cool. Um, I think another one was also the, the I think the junior year of the year meant a lot just because we there's so many smart people at SU and there's so many people doing a million things at once. So to be one of the, the, the nominees and you know one of the recipients of that was pretty cool. But also uh, the leadership and, and athletics awards was, was also something that I was proud of. Um, just being a student athlete, one of the things that I'll also say has been a, a big uh, contributor to our success um, and my personal success has definitely been the support of my football team. Um, as I mentioned before, the our, our football coach was definitely one of the uh, early supporters and was one of the people that kind of set me on the path to you know, reach out to administrators and stuff. But also my, my teammates, um, they engage a lot with the club. They're always encouraging. So to be able to say that, you know, I not only represent you know, the, this club, but also am a, a student athlete representing uh, Susquehanna Athletics, definitely something I take pride in. Yeah, I can't say enough about you know Susquehanna Athletics. Our, our athletic director, uh, Sharif, is also a big supporter of the club. How are you able to uh, balance everything? Great question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at times, I think early on, uh, so I've been doing this since my sophomore year, um, and at first it was a little bit of a challenge, but I think as I've continued to kind of work on it and being able to you know, lean on my leadership team uh, with the club, um, I've been able to find a balance. The truth is, most days I'm, I end up being, I end the day exhausted, I hit the bed and go to sleep immediately, but... I kind of see, you know, the level of responsibility and the opportunities to provide value in multiple different ways um, as a blessing. I don't see it as like a, you know, man, I have so much to do. I'm so tired. I have no time for anything. It, it, in my opinion, it's kind of been like I'm doing all my favorite stuff at once and, you know, I wouldn't have it, have it any other way. What's one piece of advice you might give to someone who is interested in starting a club or organization? but might be hesitant to do so. I think I'll, I'll use a story to kind of illustrate the point that I'll make, which is, so I, I kind of thought about all of this stuff before starting it during the, the winter break of, of my sophomore year. And the drive between home and Susquehanna is about two and a half hours. But I remember that drive, but mind you, remember, like, as I said, the that entire winter break, I was thinking about this stuff, plotting, writing stuff down, researching. But that drive to school felt like, 12 hours. And I remember when I finally got to school, I sat in my car for just like three hours, just thinking about like a billion reasons about why this idea that I, that I have, you know, wasn't going to work. And I could probably could have sat there all day because, you know, you just, the more you think about stuff, if you look for a negative, I think you'll always find one. But I remember eventually I was like, I think half of it was because I was hungry, but uh, eventually I was just like, all right, I got to get out of this car screw it let's just do it and see what happens um and i think the you know the kind of the and we've seen how that's worked out since then but i think that kind of illustrates that you know when you have an idea i think the best thing to do is obviously plan it out go see what it'll look like try to have a plan in mind um so that you so that you can set up your actions in a way that there's checkpoints or at least you know kind of like gratification along the way but that first step and the hardest step will always be the the initial, you know, I'm just going to do it and jump in. But I think sometimes one, one of my early, uh, I guess, detractions from starting it was like, was like I, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I, I've never done this before. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, reaching out to people at other cl clubs and schools who already did it was something that helped me. But I think 
having the mentality that, uh, but besides that, you know, I didn't realize at the time, but it's something that has, that has you know, kind of showed itself to be true, is that everything that I kind of needed was already within the community around me. So uh, I think as far as, like, uh, to answer your question, what will be my advice to someone who wants to start something? Uh, I would say the first thing is, you know, to hurry up and take the first step because I think, you know, if you, it, you, you'll never stop, uh, you know, coming up with reasons as far as, like, why not to do something. But I think once you jump off, you know, that diving board, you'll look back at some of that early work and, you know, find take a lot of pride in, you know, a lot of the work that you were able to accomplish. And I think the second thing is, you know, not feeling like you need to do it alone. Being able to, to lean on the community around you, you know, if it necessitates building a new community. But I also think, you know, just having a collaborative mindset towards whatever you want to do is also something that has been successful for me and I, is something I would you know, always recommend other people. Transitioning a bit here to our rapid fire segment called the Mad Minute. First question, what is your favorite spot on the Wilmington Friends School campus? Football field. Favorite food? Pork chops. Favorite TV show? Peaky Blinders. All right, my last two questions for you. What is your favorite Wilmington Friends School memory? Graduating, for sure. It was funny, when we graduated, it was on the football field. I think we had, had to spread it out more because of like the COVID stuff. And it was like the full length of the football field, but the the podium was like near where the bleachers is. But we were all the chairs are spread out towards like the street, and mine was like way on the end. But you could see people when their their names were called. They had to walk all the way like sixty yards to the podium, and uh, it took like ten minutes for each person. And I remember when they called my name, I just got up and just like ran <laughs> to the podium. And I remember everybody clapping extra because it was like yes. Like it did take ten minutes for him to get there, but um, yeah, that was an amazing. That was an amazing memory. And then, last question: What's your why or what's your purpose? My why, I don't know. I think half of it is just like why not. I guess <laughs> uh, I think uh, something as a as a lifelong athlete that's just been instilled in me is just being a competitor. So I think um, whether that be with the club or you know professional stuff or you know continuing to be on the football field, I think naturally once you you know, check one box, you want to find another one and continue to push the envelope. Um, but I think besides just, you know, my internal motivations, um, the community around me just continues to, to be my motivation. Um, the support that I've gotten from friends throughout Susquehanna and then my family has been, you know, a, a big supporter of mine. Just realizing how much, you know, there is invested in my success just gives me, uh, you know, further motivation to continue to be the best I can be. 